Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when their sons disappoint them and return Apple Vision Pro. I am your disgraced host, Luke Miani. Yeah, I mean, this is such a such a sad way yeah. to, to start this. I, I don't feel disgraced. I'm your your normal, reasonable host, no. Noah Rubin. Okay, mm. on this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success. Maybe we have a laugh or two along the way. Maybe we return a Not product today. or two along the way, and that's okay. There's mm -hmm. a return policy, and no. sometimes things happen. No laughs or two along the way today. The mood is somber. Because of what you did. Tell them. <laughs> you make it sound like I killed Explain. someone. You did. My joy. That's what you killed. Explain yourself. Fine. Okay. Yesterday, I took my <laughs> Vision Pro back to the Apple store and I returned it. I am now Vision Pro-less. It's true. You have no vision. You're right. You're you right. saw the vision, and you denied it. I I was shown the light, and I and I went back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So explain yourself. Why'd you do that? Well, it's funny because when I took the Vision Pro into the Apple Store to return it, there were like three or four employees that were all asking me they were like oh why are you like oh you're returning it wow like why whatever whatever it's like a whole thing so and they were all very nice but um but but anyways the reasons why am i returning it um a few things and i think that these are things so if you've seen the news articles recently about people returning their vision pros uh, i think my reasons were very similar to other people's reasons i think part of it was the discomfort it is mm -hmm. a very heavy thing on your head. I will say using the thicker light seal cushion in the box and the dual loop band, both of those did help make it a lot more manageable. Yep, there it is, the uh, W plus or whatever it's called. Um, definitely, yeah. definitely both helped to make it more manageable, but at the end of the day, it was still a bit too uncomfortable for me. Uh, that was That was one thing. The other thing was not a ton of stuff to do on it stuff that i see myself doing on it i think obviously the watching videos experience is the thing that it does best right now and that is definitely a valuable thing to have especially if you're on an airplane or you know you're somewhere where you don't have a big tv or whatever it's very valuable but other than that there's not a ton i played around with you know the games in apple arcade and some of the other experiences and the and the apps that were on it and they're all very cool, uh, but I felt like they were a bit gimmicky or a bit like, you know, I could just play the same thing on my phone and get most of the experience out of it. And then the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you get all your – I know you have a lot to say. I'll let you get it in there. Um, but, but the last thing is that the software experience is very impressive, but it is not perfect. Not that I would expect it to be, but – it fails often enough 
and annoyingly enough that that it was just too much for me. The main thing for me was whenever you do a pinch gesture, whether it's to move around a window or scroll or whatever, very often I would do the pinch gesture and open my fingers, but maybe I don't open them far enough and the thing thinks that I'm still pinching. And so it'll scroll further, or it'll move the video further, or it'll move the window somewhere. And whatever it is, like it happens fairly often, and it was kind of annoying to me. All of those things compounded with the price tag. It was uh, over $3,000. I got a discount with the Apple employee discount, but but it was over $3,000. All of that combined, it just wasn't quite there for me yet for this first generation i okay i have many thoughts Mm -hmm. i get it i get it okay i absolutely understand where you're coming from and i don't blame you at all wow okay and i think you probably made the right call to be perfectly honest but the difference the difference that you and i have is that i I am not keeping Vision Pro for what it is right now. I am keeping Vision Pro because every couple of weeks, months, whatever it may be over the lifespan of this product before Vision Pro 2, there's, hey, look, this new app just came out. Oh, I can try it out. There's, uh, like, for example, just recently, I think a couple days ago, somebody got Steam VR working on Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I have not set it up yet. I hear it's fairly involved and like almost a little jailbreaky. Uh-huh. But you can get Steam VR on Vision Pro. So the fact that we already have people that are like working on expanding its horizons, that's what kept me in it. I like to watch the videos. I like to, you know, just browse around sometimes and put it on and just, you know, I'll put it on when I'm cleaning, put it on when I'm cooking. Like, it's it's nice to be able to just have stuff floating around and not have to hold. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me is just, let's say mid-April, cool thing comes out. I can just try it. That's not financially smart probably, but that's what I bought into and, and I just want to be there for it. No, I completely get that. And I feel like, you know, obviously as like a Apple YouTuber, tech YouTuber, whatever, like it makes a lot of sense for you to have one. And I completely agree. Like literally, uh, right before I returned it, I bought uh black box, the puzzle game. And it was like a, it's like a $20 game, which is like, a lot for mm-hmm. you know an i well not ios vision os whatever everything on the vision os app store is kind of expensive right now because there's not a lot of stuff on there but whatever and because the developers making it know that they're only going to sell like ten thousand copies tops so you got to make them count that's a good point but um but i bought that because i like i was like i want to try this out and if i'm returning the vision pro i'm not gonna be able to try it out for very long time. So I bought it and I tried it out for a little bit and it's cool. I got stuck after like, you know, eight puzzles or whatever, but, uh, but it's a, it's a cool game. You should, you should try it out. Um, but, uh, but anyways, like I completely agree. Like there's going to be, you know, at WWDC, there's probably going to be software update, hopefully vision OS two. And I think there will be a lot of improvements in vision OS two and, I will come visit you so that I can experience it for myself. 
But I will definitely... See, that's the thing. <laughs> you got to get on a plane to come try it. I just go, boop. I know. Here it is. I know. Whee! I know. I know. But, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this was what I told all the Apple employees when they were asking me. They were like, "Why? You know, oh, you're returning this, whatever. And I told them the whole thing I just told you. And I said, look, this thing is awesome. I... Mm-hmm. Real, I think it's really, really cool. The the hand gestures and the eye tracking are really cool. Not 100%. I already said the hand gestures weren't great. The eye tracking is usually pretty good. Sometimes it's not super great, especially if I'm like lying down. I feel like it's like I have to like put my head up off of the pillow in order to get the eye tracking right. to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that. I don't know what that's about. I don't it, whatever. Maybe you're at an angle or it's like lying on a weird way on your head or whatever it is. But um but you know, there there were there were all those but I'm like, you know, regardless of that, it doesn't it's not 100% perfect, but it works really well most of the time and it's super impressive and like there's so many things about it that are super impressive. And so I said I'm really really excited for the next one or maybe the one after that or whatever it is okay look when the next one comes out when the vision pro 2 comes out i'll buy one and i'm not guaranteeing that i'm gonna keep that one either but like i want like what i'm saying is i didn't return this because i'm like oh i don't want you know an ar experience i don't want a a headset or whatever it's because i want to be able to get into the next one without having to worry about like, oh, I have this one already, whatever. It's like, I'm really excited for the next one or the one after that or whatever. And and I'm absolutely going to come back in, you know, as soon as it gets a little bit better, you know, than it is today. That's a good point. That's a good point. <sighs> okay, here's the thing. I also have another concern about... Like you mentioned wanting a second generation, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is what this is what I'm worried about. We we might be waiting a while. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Uh, it seems like now I personally don't know if I believe this, but and I'm gonna try to find the article here. Apparently the uh, the timeline for Vision Pro two is not looking too great Hmm. so ming chi quo and now granted this is an older article here uh from september i can put it up on screen dude if this is true i will be a very sad boy all right okay ming chi quo predicts a dim future for apple vision pro and he is saying that shipments will be limited by a few key suppliers to half what's been predicted and an update won't arrive until 2027. Whoa. So he's he's expecting Vision Pro shipments this year to be four to 600,000 units, which by the way, is quite a lot. Uh, even though the expectation is a million, I don't know, man, a million $3,500 headsets, that sounds a bit high. Four to 600K probably sounds right. However... He also says that Apple may have canceled a low-cost Apple Vision headset that would come out next year. And he said that Vision Pro 2 might not come until the first half of 2027. Uh, I feel like 
that okay there there's a lot for the current vision pro we have there's a lot of improvements that can come from the software both the the operating system vision os and you know additional apps and and features and stuff but i don't think that this one in 3 years from now is going to be at that at the right level like right now this is the best headset that's you know on the market uh mm-hmm. depending on what you want to do whatever if you want to play games you know get a quest or whatever but like overall you know in terms of like the you know the features and and whatever this is like a very very impressive headset in three years that's gonna be pretty Mm -hmm. rough and especially if apple is trying to make this like one of their core products and like the next you know the next generation like the next big thing that they're doing if they wait three years i feel like they're not going to be able to build momentum it's like imagine the first iphone right the first iphone to the iphone 4 the iphone 4 was like huge totally like whatever right the original iphone you know 3g 3gs were good upgrades but then the 4 was like a, a huge turning point imagine if there were you know two three four years in between each of those iphones and it took that long to get to the iphone 4 like i feel like it would kill a lot of the momentum uh, that that Apple kind of needs for this new like category. Oh yeah, I I, I agree one hundred percent with everything that you're saying. It's 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 tough to say that Apple could maintain the best headset, especially for the price, like thirty five hundred dollars right now, cutting edge with the features that it has, is already. I would argue, more money than it's worth. Now, I personally think that there's a very good chance Apple is not making nearly any money on these things. Like, if you're talking about hardware, cost to manufacture, not even factoring in R&D, which I'm sure is in the billions. I would be so shocked if Apple is making more than two, three hundred bucks a unit on these things just with how advanced this this technology is and how new it is. But give it two years, this is not going to be a good value. I'm sure the margins will go up because I think this is something that not a lot of people know, uh, but it's not a constant thing. Like the reason that Apple is able to sell their, their old phones at a cheaper price, it's not like, Okay, let me let me get a good example of this. Okay, Apple sells the iPhone 12 still, I believe. Uh, 13, sorry. So the iPhone 13, you can still buy from Apple right now. But I would guarantee that the $600 that you pay right now for an iPhone 13 is giving Apple just as much profit, probably more than when it was new at 800 bucks. Because producing something at scale lowers the cost of its production. So what what Vision Pro is doing is one, you know, making the headset, like launching the product. But it's also the largest scale deployment of micro OLED screens like this, right? This is 50 times more pixel dense than an iPhone screen. Those screens are outrageously expensive. But I'll guarantee you this, 
when a factory makes 600,000 of them for Apple Vision Pro, which might not be a ton compared to the iPhone, but that is literally the only of those screens that exist at that scale. So Apple is in some ways breaking the ice with a lot of these technologies. Like the cameras that are high resolution, the amount of software and data and user information that they can now get for the eye tracking and pupil tracking and the, the gesture issues that we talked about and, and for making lenses, making speakers that fit in the headbands, all of this stuff is new and is now being tested and refined. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because it means in a couple of years, when micro OLED screens start to make their way to a bunch of other headsets, that will probably be at least partially thanks to Apple biting the bullet and breaking the ice on using them. But it's also bad news because we're going to probably be stuck with this for a while. This isn't an iterative thing right now. This is a massive, massive project that has taken years to get to. And that means it's going to take years to find out what's next. It's definitely a fair point. I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, like you said, as this thing is produced for longer and, you know, the parts, the, the very fancy parts right now become more and more commonplace, uh, you know, among other things. And, and as the production lines are set up and, and they run and they're, you know, fully running at scale, whatever, like I could, I could foresee the price of this vision pro, the one that we have today coming down potentially. So maybe, you know, if it, let's say it takes three years or, or two years or whatever for the, the, the second generation to come out theoretically, I'm not saying this would happen, but theoretically, Apple could probably bring the price of the current Vision Pro down before that, right? Like it starts at 3,500 right now. Theoretically, and I'm not saying this is a good marketing or business decision, but like theoretically, they could bring that price down. They could probably get it down to, I don't know, $3,000 or, that's just a number, but like they could, they could bring it down. But that's a good point. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, the sort of the problem that they have is like one there's the the technological problem of like what are they putting in this thing next there's some obvious like oh stick an m3 in there that's pretty obvious right. but also i feel like performance hasn't really been an issue on the vision pro at least in my experience um so i i, I don't know but but i think the other the, the main thing is like all these people that are spending 3500 plus on a vision pro right now and then in a year or two years, if they're going to launch the second generation, like that's kind of what they need to get the momentum going. But for all those existing people, are you going to get them to buy another head? Even if it costs $3,000 at that point and it's better, are they going to spend another 3000 if they just spent 3500 on the first one and it's just a year or two old? And like, how's that going to make them feel about you know the first one that they bought? Whatever. It's like when you're this, when the price is this high, it becomes a bit more of a problem than just like the iPhone. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I think that there, there's definitely been many meetings about this over at Apple land. Like, um, do we, do we update it quickly and make it better really fast? Or do we, do we like let it sit? Because if we update it too fast, 
then the people who we want to buy it will have just bought Vision Pro 1 and won't want to buy another one right away. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different angles going on here. I personally, though, I think you're... I think it's a good point about the price decrease. I think if they were to wait like a year and do a price drop, that would be a good idea. Um, also, I think a Vision Pro, like, or a Vision Not Pro, what do we think about that? I think that would be, like, I think it would be, I think that would be a smart idea uh, whatever. Obviously, we're not we're not experts. We're just you know two. Well, we're we're two uh, technology experts or whatever. But um, we are two of those. Yes. But 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 aside from that, I think the the thing that like because the thing that we're that we're both agreeing on is like Apple needs to to iterate on this product in order to get it to uh, a, a better state where more people can buy it, and that means getting the price down and also getting the features you know, having a bit more features and, and, you know, a bit more useful for average people to use. And I think, you know, and we're both saying like they can wait for a while with the current vision pro and then do the second one. If they do another one too soon, it'll alienate the people that bought the first one, whatever, whatever. But if they release a, a, a regular vision, a, a not pro, and obviously they'll remove a bunch of features. It probably won't have eyesight. It'll probably be lighter as a result of that because it won't have like the glass and whatever on the front and whatever other compromises you know they'll they'll make with it maybe it won't have all the stuff in the box it won't have two bands in the box or whatever whatever they're gonna do cheaper cheaper materials to build it out of maybe even plastic i feel like that wouldn't really alienate the people that bought the current one because even though there's a cheaper option they still have the better one but Mm -hmm. it would allow them to iterate which they need to do and it would potentially bring in some more people because i think there are people out there there are some people that are like no there's no way i'm buying this thing until it's like you know as cheap as like super cheap and 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 whatever whatever there are some people that bought the vision pro and there are some people in the middle that are like oh if it's you know 2500 2000 1500 whatever then i would buy one and i feel like there is some amount like some market segment that they could capture you know with a with a non-pro version yeah, I think you're right. And I, I very much hope that that is going to be the case. We'll find out. I also think that uh, Ming-Chi Kuo's timeline is a bit pessimistic. Um, Mark Gurman more recently did say that Vision Pro 2 is at least 18 months away. Um, to me, that sounds about right. Okay, What I'm thinking is... Let me let me know what you think about this. Mm-hmm. Ignoring a potential like cheaper Apple Vision, which I have heard is a real thing. Like not this isn't a leak, but somebody has told me that it's a real thing. Okay. If you know what I mean. Okay. So it's not like a imaginary concept. I know Ming Chi Kuo says it was canceled. I'm not sure about that. I don't have that detailed information, but I have been told that it exists flat out. Hmm. Um, so that's just keep that in mind. But 
to me, what what makes sense, when I see this at least 18 months away thing from Mark Gurman, what that makes me think is, what about WWDC 2025? Because yeah. keep in mind, this is, a, this is a February 2nd launch. Now, 18 months from now would be like July 2025. So perhaps they could do a... Uh, a, a, a WWDC 2025, this is Vision Pro parentheses second generation, which I think someone in chat said that they'll call it. Honestly, I yeah. believe that. Um, so Vision Pro parentheses second generation, and then it launches maybe in the fall of 2025. I really feel like 2025, I just don't see two or three years passing w without changing this product. That seems a little bit much, even though I know, you know, even if Apple did that, right, a year and a half product cycle, people would say, that's crazy. They want me to buy another one already. I just bought it. Like, it's going to be tough either way, but I would rather that they bombard us with Vision Pro updates than let it stagnate and fall behind. No, I completely agree. And I was just looking, you know, I was just doing a little bit of research, I guess, uh, really quick. The The original uh, iPhone and its uh, successor, the 3G, were about one year apart. And mm -hmm. the 3G was not a huge upgrade. You know, it added 3G support. And uh, what else? It says it has GPS. It had 3G data support and um whatever and 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 it wasn't like a huge a huge thing but it was the next version i think people that had the existing iphone at the time were probably okay with the one that they had but the new one definitely had some improvements and then the 3gs came uh you know one year after that and um you know i remember that one had uh the the video recording that was like one of the big things was you could finally record yeah. video on an iphone which is kind of funny that it took them two the generations line. for that but mm -hmm. but anyways the point and then and then after that was the iphone 4 right and the iphone 4 came out one year later than that and that was huge right complete redesign they went from plastic to glass and what is it titanium uh, rail or whatever stainless, stainless steel, steel i think it was stainless steel rail yeah. complete redesign uh you know it it whatever it was it was a big thing the retina display whatever it was it was a huge a huge thing but this was you know a year after year after year and so i don't think that the vision pro necessarily has to be year after year i think um like what you said the um the you know 18 months would be dub dub of of next year i think that makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. but i agree that like the next the vision pro 2 is not going to be it's not going to be a huge change it's not going to be the glasses that we're you know waiting for whatever it's going to be the same thing right now right but it's going to have an m3 chip or an m4 chip whatever it is it'll be faster maybe the pass through will be a bit less grainy and like whatever whatever and people that have the current vision pro will be fine because you know they've had it for a year and a half or two years and and uh and and it still works and it'll get software updates but i agree they they have to do something sooner and it's not going to replace it's not going to be a huge thing but they have to do something sooner and i think that they will i really hope so 
But I mainly just think that uh, I the main reason I didn't return this is because I think software is going to go a long way. Uh, I know that your reason for returning it mainly was comfort, and I definitely, you know, that's not something that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just I'm just going to suffer through it. It's uncomfortable after a while, and I'm just gonna just gonna have to live with that and and figure out how to integrate it with that without it being too much of an issue. However, I do worry that Apple might end up in a bit of an iPad situation Hmm. because mainly because of the expense of this thing. And I don't think it's going to be a first gen problem, but like once you start really adding stuff to this thing, making it lighter, making the cameras better quality, adding more software features, at, at this price point, it's going to be hard to persuade people to upgrade it very regularly. The first two, three generations, that's easy because all of us are sitting here like, we want more, we want more, we want more. Look at the iPad launch. When the iPad came out in 2010, within three years of that, we had the iPad Air. Insanely better iPad. And people would buy it every step of the way. The iPad Mini. People, I knew people that had an iPad. I remember very specifically going to the beach with my family in 2013, okay? I, in 2013, that's three years into the iPad. Actually, wait, it must have been 2014 because the iPad Air would have been out then. Okay, so the iPad had only existed for four years. And my family went to the beach. And my, my dad had just got the iPad three to replace his ipad one my aunt had just got the ipad air to replace her ipad two the ipad two had been passed down to a cousin and the ipad one that she had at launch was passed to my grandfather so that he could tap away on it and i think my cousin i had an ipad mini my cousin had an ipad fourth gen with the lightning like dude There were so many iPads and people were like upgrading this so often, but you don't see that now. Four years ago, the iPad Pro with the A12Z came out. That was four years ago. That's crazy. In the last four years, nothing substantial has changed. I know my dad, who at that point in time, he bought the original iPad, the iPad 3, the iPad Pro, the original iPad Pro, 2018 iPad Pro. My dad has not modified his iPad in the past three years. It was five, it was five years since the 2018 iPad Pro. Well, he, he bought it refurbished, okay. but it's been, he, he, bought, he bought it like, yeah, I guess about three years ago. Okay. And, and he is no longer like, Oh, when's the new iPad coming out? What's happening next? Like, that is something that Apple needs to work on. Might that happen to Vision Pro? I don't know. But this is a good segue to talk about the iPad rumors because I don't know if you've heard no, but uh, I think we're getting an iPad in about a month. Yeah, some sort of potential March event for uh, for some new iPads. Yeah, and uh, the the key highlights i'll give you the rundown noah because i know you and i both have 2018 11 inch ipad pros Mm -hmm. and 
So I don't know. I I think we're also similar in in terms of like we used to be more into iPads than we currently are. I don't use mine very often, and I know you're in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. So, for me at least, I I think that it would take a a lot to get me to update because honestly, it would be easier for me to just no longer have an iPad than to upgrade. And I know it's crazy because I'm the Apple guy, but I don't use them that much. No, I the agree. The current set of rumors is I'll give you the quick rundown and then I can give you more details. Okay. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Okay. All right. First of all, M3 chip, of course. That's a given. Mm-hmm. Second of all, OLED display. That's a nice feature, nice upgrade, uh, especially for the 11 inch, which didn't get mini LED. So now we're apparently leapfrogging straight to OLED. There's also rumors of a new magic keyboard with a larger trackpad, a little bit more MacBook like, uh, and aluminum construction instead of the like, uh, like the AirPods case material rubberized thing that we currently have. Mm-hmm. There's also rumors that they'll move the camera to be a landscape optimized a new apple pencil with magnetic tips for different types of uh writing implements uh and also crucially or interestingly magsafe Hmm. and some sort of a new design so those are the those are the top line figures what does that make you think personally uh i still don't think that would get me i think those Mm. sound like good improvements don't get me wrong and it sounds like these ipads are going to be this is going to really be like the next generation like they're really since 2018 you know there hasn't been much right there is like oh a second camera and lidar and you know a better chip every time whatever but this definitely seems like you know, some sort of a redesign, making it be, you know, horizontal first instead of vertical first. And, you know, all this mm-hmm. other stuff, it sounds like it really is going to be the next generation. And that's very exciting. Uh, the price is a concern. I don't know if those rumors changed, but it was supposed to be extremely expensive, uh, which is definitely a concern. Yeah. And, and then and then even even if it wasn't even putting the price aside for a second, I still just don't know if this is exciting enough for me personally. They're great improvements, don't get me wrong, but for me personally, I still don't think that this would be enough. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a a weird one. Uh, The price thing that you touched on there, I think lately some cold water has been thrown on that report. It was said by multiple sources that the 11-inch would be 1,500 bucks. Yeah. Now, (laughs) dude... If it's fifteen hundred bucks, I'm just gonna say it. It should be a fully fledged Mac. It needs Mac OS. Yeah, I mean just that. There's no way that I would pay fifteen hundred bucks for iPad OS. I know, and like at the very least, it should come with like the keyboard case and the pencil and stuff for fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it does. Maybe that's. Maybe they got something wrong on uh whatever the the information that that was based on maybe was including those accessories like maybe they sell it as a i don't know maybe it, it comes together or maybe there's like a 
like a bundle. I, dude, this whole thing is just so weird. And I think that Apple is feeling the heat of like, well, uh, we we need to figure out what to do with this platform. Because, you know, right now it's, it's, I just don't really see the iPad gaining a fan base. I made a video a while ago. Uh, I, I made a video back last year saying, is the iPad dying? And I think it's a very apt question. I mean, you and I used to be pretty frequent iPad users. I think we've decreased iPad usage. Uh, I, I don't think there's a ton of people that are like, oh, well, I haven't bought an iPad yet, but I want to get one. I think iPads at this point are pretty much out there. And, and in some ways, they're all so good that nobody needs to upgrade. But in other ways, there's nothing tempting about the upgrade to entice people. So it's this double-edged sort of like, iPads are really good for what they are. But there's not really anything better about a new one versus getting one that's a couple years old on Amazon Renewed. So this is Apple's chance to revitalize it, get some excitement back, spread the audience. But I just don't know if I see these features that we talked about doing that. The thing that I'm interested about is MagSafe. Lewis here is asking, how, what, why, how would that work? Now, the way that I see it is MagSafe on an iPad wouldn't be exactly the same as MagSafe on an iPhone. Because MagSafe on the iPhone, I know a lot of people just use it for charging, but it's also for accessories. And that's where I think it could be useful. You know the Google Pixel tablet? Mm -hmm. How they have that sort of like, it's a docked thing that can live in your kitchen and be a Google Home Hub, or it can be a tablet. I could definitely see Apple going in a different direction with the iPad, saying like, okay, look, maybe we can't make it as useful as Mac OS, but maybe we can make it do a couple of other things and that could be nice. Like maybe you could put it on a little little stand, like a magnetic thing, bop, poop, put it on there, use it as an external display. Maybe you can, you know, put it in your kitchen or something on, on like a HomePod mount and then it's like a visual screen for FaceTime or something. I don't know. I don't know that that would work for me in terms of being like, oh man, I'm excited about the iPad again. But like, if you're trying to add features to a product that is not seeing a lot of new features, that might be a way to do it. I think that's interesting because there was a rumor recently about some version of, what was it, like tvOS or it was one of their operating systems. But it was a version of that that was like meant to run on like a smart display or something. Do you know the rumor that I'm talking about? I don't think so. I, I read it. Maybe it was on Twitter or something, but there was some rumor about like some version of tvOS or, or iOS or whatever it was that was like being tested for like a smart display or a, or a home accessory or something like that. And I definitely agree with you that like the iPad could serve that role in addition to the things that it does already, especially talking about like an OLED display, you know, could have always on functionality and then, oh, you go dock it in, you know, in a dock or whatever and, and you know, let the, let the always on do something, whatever, like could be an interesting feature to add to the iPad. 
That's true. And God, I, I don't know. See, the problem that I keep coming back to in my mind is whenever we talk about the iPad, I worry that Vision Pro is more iPad than iPhone in the sense that I feel like a similar limitation of iPad OS could be said about Vision OS. That uh, without a, a serious evaluation of like, how do we make this actually productive? I fear that, that, that Vision Pro could end up on a similar path where in a couple of years, it ends up being a little bit stagnant, shall we say. Yeah, and I definitely, because the interesting thing is I feel like the Vision Pro is definitely more of an iPad killer than an iPhone killer. If it's going to kill anything, I'm not saying it is, but it's mm-hmm. more of maybe I should say an iPad replacement uh, or an iPad, you know, it fills the niche that an iPad fills more than an iPhone because I feel like the iPad, at least for me, it's like the thing that I have lying around. And it's like if I want to do, you know, something on iOS, like something with a like a sort of a touch screen or whatever, but I want a bigger screen, then I'll grab the iPad. And it's like kind of in a weird middle mm-hmm. place, whatever. I feel like the Vision Pro is kind of like that too. It's not exactly a touch screen, but like, I mean, it can be if you... You know, pretty close. close to you. Yeah, if you bring it up to you, you can yeah. use it like an iPad. So, and it's kind of it kind of does a lot of the same things, like you know, watching a movie or playing a game or whatever. And obviously, there are things that one can do that the other one can't do. But but a lot of overlap between them, much more than an iPhone, which you just have in your pocket and you carry it around with you all day. We're not anywhere near the point where you'd be carrying a Vision Pro around with you all day, unless you're a YouTuber and you're filming a video. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's a good point. It's gosh, it, it, and it does worry me that we're starting to get a little gimmicky almost like with the, uh, the MagSafe thing. I'm, I'm not going to, I'll withhold judgment because it seems like it could be maybe useful for some people. Um, and, and Noah sent me this article here that could potentially be related. Uh, a HomePod with a screen found in tvOS 17.4 beta. And that, to me, okay, I'll say this. The whole, like, dock for the iPad powered by MagSafe sounds interesting. But, like, look at this, con- look at this concept here, which, by the way, is uh, an iPad mini superimposed on top of a home pod so like not a very detailed concept but fine yeah and it, it's running tvOS now personally this looks dumb <laughs> I have never like I applauded Google for doing something a little different when they made the pixel tablet and a couple of other Android tablets and have have made something like this there's the Alexa home hub. I think there was a meta thing like that too with like a screen. Oh, the portal. On a speaker. Yeah, the portal. So like there's been devices like that before. Honestly, none of them seem remotely interesting to me. I don't know what I would ever use them for. And 
I, I frankly don't know that people really find them that useful. Like, is anyone buying them? I don't know. And, and I, I agree with you. Like, I think, like, when Google announced it for the Pixel tablet, they announced it at I.O., I think, which I was, and yeah, because I was, I was there, not to, not to brag or anything. But, um, Whoa. But, uh, but yes, when they announced it, I thought, like, wow, that's really cool. Like, first of all, it's something different that, like, other people or other companies aren't really doing. And, uh, and it was just like a cool idea that like you can take the tablet and you can dock it and it would charge the tablet and it would do the, you know, the audio through the speaker, whatever. First of all, like looking at this concept, I feel like, you know, they can't release a home pod with a screen. It has to be a home pod dock for an iPad. (laughs) That would be crazy to have, basically an ipad and then ipad speaker version that has to be wired into the wall like that would be and and the idea of it running tvos like as is i don't think that's right i think it would be you know some sort of ios or it could even be like the standby feature that ios has it could be like a version of that like a super dumbed down version that runs but like whatever like i could totally see this being an accessory and i think it would be very cool but also, I don't think I would want it. Like, I, there's, I can't imagine mm-hmm. somewhere in my house where I'd be like, I want to put a speaker there so I can put my iPad down and, like, play music out of the speaker. Like, I just – I mean, I have roommates, so it's a little bit different. But, like, I just use my AirPods or my, you know, over-ear headphones or whatever. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. I just, yeah, it's cool, but I agree. I don't see myself using it. I do – I do very much wonder if the iPad is doomed. I I don't think Apple's going to kill it. But, like, if we're talking about making built-in HomePod speaker things and, like, other kind of of gimmicky stuff like this, it's not going to get us to upgrade. It's going to get maybe a couple of people. You know, I'm sure that OLED screens and uh, a newer style of Apple Pencil, that will probably get a lot of people that that use the iPad as like illustrators or graphic designers. Those people, sure, I could definitely see that being useful. But for us, for for maybe, I don't know, 60% of the iPad user base, that doesn't seem that useful. I think someone in the chat here said earlier, Everybody's mom already has an iPad and whatever generation they have is good enough. Like literally the only people that I know upgrading iPads are people going from the touch ID generation to the face ID generation. The, I don't even want to say new design because it's six years old nearly, uh, but the current iPad design language. Like yeah, if people have the older iPad ninth generation and they want to get an iPad Air, Sure, fair enough, but I don't know anyone, anyone, except for Sam Cole, who is going from like an A12X to an M1 and then M1 to M2. He's the only one, I think, that did that. Yeah, but he's, I mean, if we wanted to talk about how crazy he is, that would be a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. Bro is a bro is a goofy guy. He sure is. He bought the ex- he had the M1 iPad Pro 12.9 and he then he bought the exact same thing again with 
with the M2 chip. He's like, oh, you got to have the best one. Dude, I could switch that out, and I guarantee it. I, I wonder if I could even do this. If I knew his iCloud password, I would 100% switch my and his iPad Pros and see if he ever noticed because I highly doubt that you could notice. No, there's no way. He has the, the Ultra 2 also, right? Yes, you're right. He did get the Apple Watch Ultra 2. And the <laughs> only new feature, actually, it, it's minus one feature now because it doesn't have blood oxygen, which we have. Yeah. Um, but it's also the only new feature is the, the double tap, right? Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Which you can't use if you're in Vision Pro because you'll start clicking things. Yeah. So, any, anyways, we don't need to take a detour about how goofy of a guy Sam is, but, um, but, but he is very goofy. But, but I, but I agree with you that he's one of the very few people that is actually upgrading their iPads regularly. My mom is in the chat, and she said that she doesn't have an iPad, and the reason why is because I always pass my uh, old Apple products down. So she has my iPhone 14 Pro that I had right before I got the 15 Pro Max, but no iPad because I haven't upgraded my iPad since, you know, November of 2018 when the when that iPad Pro launched. So there you go. <laughs> so her her source doesn't have anything. Yeah. There's no inventory. There's nothing to pass down because I just haven't upgraded mine. How often would you say you use your iPad? Less than one I'd say like a couple times a week maximum oh you use it more than me then i i feel like okay it sits on my desk in in my room and i feel like the main thing that i use it for these days is just playing the like pokemon card game uh which also works on my phone but i'm like oh i have a bigger screen whatever so sometimes when i'm sitting in my bed i'll grab the ipad and like play a game or two so maybe Maybe like once or twice. And sometimes I use it for guitar chords as well. If I'm like trying to learn new songs or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll use it for that. But, um, but not so much lately. So I feel like I use it like a couple times a week maximum, but probably more like once or twice a week, you know, for a little while. And that's about it these days. Yeah, that's true. I think that, uh, I mean, you and I are definitely like a little bit outside of the, the target demographic for the iPad, but... To be fair, that target demographic has moved because when the iPad came out, I I actually think that the iPad is a rare example of Apple niching down. Hmm. When the iPad came out, it was positioned as a hybrid device. It did something that your phone could do and something that your laptop could do, but better than both. It was... The convenience of iOS with a large touch screen and the functionality of macOS without as much bulk, right? So, and, and, and Steve Jobs did a phenomenal job of laying that out. He said, basically, look, this was 2010, right? So a couple of years ago, people wanted netbooks, but they didn't even realize it at the time. What they really wanted was an iPad. But things have changed since then. A couple things. Number one, Apple Silicon. A lot of the benefits of the iPad were that it was a fanless, arm-based, very cool, very fluid system. 
That is now also true of the Mac. You can get a MacBook Air with the same chip, with the same performance, with very good battery life, no fans, very little bulk. So the benefit of the iPad over that device is diminished. The other problem is just in the in the way that the iPad has been marketed because when it was that third device, that Goldilocks device for taking on the train and reading the news, for bringing to the coffee shop when you want to get a little bit of work done but not a full laptop amount of work done, that was an every person's device. It was also a $500 device. But now the problem is people that want iPads mostly have iPads. And the tasks that you do with them aren't necessarily getting revolutionized all the time or are targeted towards that general broad audience of like, hey, you want a third device? It's not your phone. It's not your laptop. It's your iPad. I think less people need that third device now. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think like, you know, the iPad came out at a time where these other devices were a lot there there were more trade-offs. Like like the, you know, the iPad came out and, and existed for a long time in the you know, when all the Macs had Intel chips. And you either had like a MacBook Pro that was, you know, a bulkier, heavier thing, or if you went for like the air and you wanted to be light, you know, it wasn't super powerful and and it was you know still a bit bulky or whatever and then the phones were you know i guess by that point the phones were decent but like the screens were smaller for in the beginning until you know the six and the and the six plus came along and and whatever and i feel like now especially like the max of apple silicon the macbook air is so thin and light and uh and you know the iphones you know we have the big screens and they're very powerful whatever it is definitely and they're uh, optimized yeah exactly yeah it's it's less uh less of a need for it i think for me personally Mm -hmm. like i bought the that ipad pro the 2018 ipad pro i was in college at the time and i really liked it because i liked using it to take notes in class with the pencil um you know, taking notes or I could like download if there was like a like like a slide deck for that class or like a like a handout that I could just write directly on top of it. I liked that a lot. And also that the iPad was, you know, a lot smaller and lighter. I had the 11 inch uh, iPad Pro and I had, you know, the 15 inch MacBook Pro. So it was a lot smaller and lighter for me to carry to class and carry around mm. with me, whatever. So I liked it a lot for that. These days, I don't you know, I'm not taking classes. I'm not taking notes, whatever. I don't have as much of a need. So it was very nice for, for, for that purpose. And even still, I think it would be, I think I agree with you about the niche, uh, you know, artists and students, I think are, are like two big niches that they're really going for. And I think it's great for those people, but like, you know, that Goldilocks device or that third device or whatever, I definitely agree that that, uh, that use case or that need has shrunk, you know, over the iPad's lifespan. And I will also say, I think some people misunderstand. They say that I don't, I'm not the, the same as the people that really use their iPad pros. And that is true. Uh, I think that is an example of the iPad niching down, but it is also true. 
that I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't even have an Apple pencil. I am a terrible artist. I could not possibly use the iPad Pro. I don't do graphic design. I don't do art or, or design in that sense. So it's just something that other people are going to find useful that I just can't comprehend. But I would submit to you, per your argument, the iPad Pro is great for college students. It's great for slides and notes and annotations. But is there anything that you can't do on that 2018 iPad Pro that you can do on literally any newer iPad Pro? If it's if it's that type of thing, probably not. Maybe, just maybe, there are some people who would say, the A12X is getting a little slow. I want a bit more performance and memory. And so I'll get an M1 or an M2. Fine. But that's still, it's like, if you have an M1 device, that's now been three years. The M1 is not feeling slow whatsoever. It took six years for us to get to a point where I could even conceive of the A12X being a limitation. And even then, that's only if you're a very serious power user. So like Apple, even, even, even though the iPad is great and there are diehard fans that absolutely use it and do a lot more with it than me, my argument is still that the year-over-year upgrades to the iPad don't seem to be tempting a lot of those people into upgrading. I've seen plenty of folks in coffee shops, drawing on their iPads, and it's an iPad Air with an A14 chip in it that they bought two and a half years ago or three years ago. I don't know. That was a while ago now, and they would not even would not even comprehend an upgrade unless it was absolutely bananas. Yeah, I agree, and I think like you know the list of features that you uh, mentioned before. If the price were the same as it is today. I think it would be compelling and I think it would get some people, you know, like you said, maybe the artists or some professionals that like, you know, the OLED display is more accurate and maybe that's, you know, helpful to to them or whatever. Or like, I don't know, if you watch a lot of movies on your iPad, maybe you'd appreciate that. I would always like, if I'm on a plane, I always just take my Mac out because I'd rather have a 16 inch screen than an 11 inch screen to watch a movie. But whatever you know if you're, if you're into that i'd but, rather have a 120 inch screen oh geez yeah 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 we know dude i'm too. getting on a plane on tuesday i'm going I'm, I'm i have a five hour flight on tuesday i am so stoked this will be my first vision pro plane experience i'm very excited yeah i'm very interested to hear how it goes for you but i think just to and i'm middle seat economy plane ticket so it's i'm gonna be in the worst seat with the best experience wait why are you in a middle seat because i had to move my uh move my flight and they they only had middles oh no yep that's that's pretty rough but okay maybe vision pro will, will help you it'll save my experience um but Yes, before we hit save on this episode and export it and upload it everywhere, the, the, last, the last thing to close out the iPad uh, discussion, I will say, I think if, the, if those features that you said came uh, you know, for, the, for the same current price, I think it would be a compelling uh, new upgrade 
but I don't think it would get me personally. I think if those mm-hmm. price rumors are true or even partially true and the price goes up, I think that is kind of a problem. It's just too expensive that it's like not worth it unless Apple does some kind of crazy thing where they're like, you know, if there's rumors about this new magic keyboard, like what if you dock your what if it's like a surface style thing and you dock it in this new keyboard and it turns into Mac OS or it turns into iPad OS Pro and and whatever. You know, you know what I mean? Like unless they're doing something that big and that crazy, then then I would look at it and I would think about it and see what it does. But unless it's something at that scale, I just don't see how they're going to get me aside from, you know, they don't support it with software updates anymore and I'll just buy, you know, a, a refurbished one from a year or two ago and keep that for a while. Yeah. And that's the problem. And, oh, man, we're going over episode, but I forgot to mention the pa- the fact that apparently one of the rumors is a 12.9-inch iPad Air. So, like, oh, yeah. think larger size iPad Pro, but with all the same trade-offs, like a Touch ID, slightly smaller screen, no ProMotion. And, again, I, I hear that. I'm like, okay, cool. It'll probably be $799, which is not bad for a 13-inch device. And which will probably be bought by a bunch of people. I'm sure that's going to sell really well. But still, as a savvy buyer, just just buy a refurbished iPad Pro. You can get a 2018 for like 600 bucks from Apple for a 12.9. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the better value. Also, we never talked about the iPhone camera triangle. Oh my God, you're right. Oh yeah. Very quickly, what I will say about the iPhone camera triangle is that's that's not what it's going to look like. It's just not. That's a safe area. Uh, they send those to case manufacturers where it's basically like, hey, we're not going to tell you what the design is, but this is, don't put stuff here. That's all it means. It's not actually what the design is going to be. Yeah, I think that would, I would not expect it to look, I think it looks. I That'd mean, be it looks, ridiculous. It looks goofy could be kind of cool but but i don't think it's gonna be that and i think your explanation makes a lot of sense yeah so don't worry about that folks it's not gonna happen Whew. all right you know what is gonna happen though what me transitioning to end this week's episode of dark mode the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts and that's not just what we call ourselves or some people exactly you already know. I've been your host, of course, as always, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next week, and have a great night. Take care.